Welcome to the Daily Stoic Podcast. Each day we bring you a meditation inspired by the ancient Stoics, illustrated with stories from history, current events, and literature to help you be better at what you do. And at the beginning of the week, we try to do a deeper dive, setting a kind of Stoic intention for the week, something to meditate on, something to think on, something to leave you with, to journal about, whatever it is you happen to be doing. So let's get into it. Dell TechFest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time, only save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. That's dell.com slash deals. Every business is constantly asking themselves, what's a thing I can do to take my business to the next level? It's something I'm thinking about, of course, over at Daily Stoic and Daily Dad and the Painted Porch. And one of the tools I use for just that is LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. You might have just listened to the episode I put up where I was given a talk at LinkedIn back in 2017. So I've been using LinkedIn a long time because LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. We've hired multiple people here at Daily Stoic from LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash stoic. That's linkedin.com slash stoic to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is how to become wise. Sure, we know that a Stoic is supposed to read, but as Epictetus said, it matters what and how you read. And as Seneca said, it matters what you are reading for. Are you studying the Odyssey because it's entertaining, because you're trying to impress people? Or are you trying to learn from Odysseus, Seneca asked, to prepare yourself for the same kind of storms that he faced. It's fitting that a scene in Stephen Pressfield's novel Gates of Fire would use a young storyteller making the same point as Seneca. We were made to recite the tent scene at the close of the Iliad, Pressfield has the young squire turned warrior explain. When Priam of Troy kneels before Achilles to kiss in supplication the hand of the man who has slain his sons, including the mightiest and dearest to him, Hector, hero and protector of Ilium, and then he would grill us upon it. What would we have done if we were Achilles, if were we Priam? Was each man's action proper and pious in the eyes of the gods? Reading isn't just about pouring inputs into your brain. There has to be a filter. There has to be a back and forth. You have to continually put the information up to the test, examine it, see how it applies to your life, ask yourself how you might use it and what it is prompting you to think. We become wise through this process by asking questions, by debating with the author, even the long deceased authors. You have to remember Zeno said that we become wise through conversations with the dead. We are reading to prepare for life, to be better at this whole living thing. So we have to see everything through that lens. If you're reading passively, 
you're doing it wrong. You might as well just be watching television. Make honesty your only policy. As Emperor Marcus Aurelius did not see the best of humanity, leaders never do. At court, there would have been backbiting, people who sold their friends out when they saw an opportunity to advance themselves, avarice and deceit. He especially didn't like faux attempts at honesty. His point, if you have to say, I'm going to be honest with you here, what you're casually saying is that honesty is an exception for you and not the rule, that you're making a special effort to tell the truth here because you usually don't. And how sad is that? It's time to think about what these little statements say about us and how to make sure that our default policy is honesty and straightforwardness. And this is from this week's entry in the Daily Stoic Journal, 366 Days of Writing and Reflection on the Art of Living by yours truly and my co-writer and translator, Stephen Hanselman. I actually do this journal every single day. There's a question in the morning, a question in the afternoon, then there's these sort of weekly meditations. As Epictetus says, every day and night, we keep thoughts like this at hand, write them, read them aloud, and talk to yourself and others about them. You can check out the Daily Stoic Journal anywhere books are sold. You can also get a signed personalized copy from me in the Daily Stoic store at store.dailystoic.com. The two quotes we have from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations and then from Seneca's Moral Letters go as follows. How rotten and fraudulent when people say they intend to give it to you straight. What are you up to, friend? It shouldn't need to be your announcement, but be seen readily, as if written on your forehead, heard in the ring of your voice, a flash in your eyes, just as the beloved sees it all in a lover's glance. In short, the straightforward and good person should be like the smelly goat. You know it when they're in the room with you. I love that quote. That's so great. A calculated give it to you straight is like a dagger. And there's nothing worse than a wolf befriending sheep. We should avoid false friendship at all costs. If you are good, straightforward, and well-meaning, it should show in your eyes and not escape notice. That's from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations 1115. And then Seneca's Moral Letters 109, he says, It is in keeping with nature to show our friends affections and to celebrate their advancement as if it was our very own. For if we don't do this, virtue, which is strengthened only by exercising our perceptions, will no longer endure in us. Look, I think this idea that honesty is your best policy is really important. And obviously, we should cultivate a reputation for candor, for straightforwardness, for not holding back, for not being two-faced. If you have an opinion, you put it out there. You don't uh, say one thing in private, another thing in public, right? But I would say, you know, and we had Randall Stutman on uh, the Daily Stoke podcast and in the Daily Stoke Leadership Challenge recently, and he did push back on this trend of radical candor. Um, you know, that often it can be an excuse for being a jerk. Um, you know, the Stoics take their original roots from the cynics, you know, Diogenes, who sort of walks the streets of Athens, just saying whatever he thinks. But I don't particularly admire him. I see him as sort of antisocial. Um, so I think what Marcus is saying, cultivate a reputation for for straightforwardness. This is in context of the other Stoic virtues. It takes it takes courage to be clear and to voice unpopular opinions and to say what people don't want to hear. But it also takes moderation and an understanding of justice to know what opinions to voice, how to voice them, how not to be a jerk about them. You know, radical candor in Wall Street firms, Randall was saying, is again often an excuse for asshole bosses to be more of a jerk, and that's not the excuse they need. 
we want to be both uh we want to be both straightforward as well as restrained and i know that seems a little contradictory but well life is complicated and it's about balance so when we say we want to be the smelly goat in the room i don't think we want and I, as someone who owns goats let me tell you man goats can stink i can sometimes smell my neighbor's goats he's like a half mile away i'll catch a, a whiff of it in the wind a male goat, this sort of musk they have, man, it is repulsive. It's disgusting. I don't think that's what Marcus is saying. I think he's being a bit exaggerated. He's just saying that, you know, these, I'm going to be level with you with you here. Or when we say, uh, uh, I don't mean any offense or no offense intended, you really did mean. You, you're a, you can almost expect that the next words out of this person's mouth are going to be really poorly thought out, uh, not so nice things. And so I, I think we should take some time here to think about this balance. This is what temperance is really about, right? Just in the way that courage is a midpoint between cowardice and recklessness. I'd like to think that uh, honesty um, is uh, a line somewhere between omission, not saying things, and uh, saying too many things or, or something like to that regard, if you get what I'm saying. It's, it's that Yes, we have to tell the truth, but you don't have to tell someone that you find them repulsive today. You don't have to tell them that you really hate the sound of their voice, right? There are things you can keep to yourself. And I, I guess I just wanted to add a little color to this week's meditation that being a Stoic, and there was an interesting uh, lawsuit recently, a workplace lawsuit, where a man claimed that Stoicism was his religion and therefore the offensive things he said at work, the way he comported himself and behaved, even some of his hygiene habits, he could not be fired for them because they were, um, Dawson, you're calling me right now, so hang on one sec. Um, he could not be fired for them because they were his religious beliefs. But when you really look at the remarks that he was defending the way that he's behaving, it's true that he's actually just a jerk. And that's not what we're talking about. So all things in moderation, including this kind of honesty that we're talking about from Marcus Aurelius. Have an identifiable scent that you are an honest person, but don't be a stinky goat. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Stoke Podcast. Again, if you don't know this, you can get these delivered to you via email every day. You just go to dailystoke.com slash email. So check it out, dailystoke.com slash email. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Daily Stoic early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, 
their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.